my name is Ryan Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by My Hockey Resource and Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'm joined by Alex Cousineau, assistant coach and video coach with Valdor of the QMJHL. Alex is a young coach in the junior ranks who possesses a lot of experience and a unique blend of specialties in the area of video coaching and goalie coaching. While we had never talked before, it was clear that he possessed a humble nature and it made for a great conversation from start to finish. With that, I am happy to introduce Alex Cousineau, assistant coach and video coach with Valdor of the QMJHL. At this point in the season, hockey fans can't wait for playoff hockey to start with its rivalries, added intensity, and ultimate quest for the cup. But if you look into basketball and in the month of March, you know that the tournament is finally here. The brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy, is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever. How large? $1 million in total prizes up for grabs. And if that's not enough, check this out. When you enter the free DraftKings $1 million survivor pool, you could get a shot at winning $10,000 for every upset through the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. Just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you can only pick a team once for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe and secure app you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Get in on all this week's action and download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that is code THPN to enter into DraftKings free $1 million survivor pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Today on the podcast, we're joined by Alex Cousineau, assistant coach and video coach with Val Dora of the QMJHL. Alex, thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, Ryan, for having me on the pod. Yeah, it's great to have you on here. And we're going to go through your experiences in the game. And um, while still a young coach, I noticed that you've taken a number of roles to date. And uh, for somebody who feels like I've gone through that same experience at times, it's uh, it's interesting to hear how you've kind of climbed the ladder fairly quickly. So Let's just uh, start off by learning a little bit about you personally, maybe talk about your upbringing, playing sports in your early years, and just give people a bit of an overview on who you are. Yeah, uh, sounds good. So um, I I started playing the game of hockey and just skating uh, in general uh, uh, fairly early in my life. Uh, I was was fortunate enough to have my my father, who was an an ex-NHL player. Uh, So uh, he played for the Toronto Maple Leafs, New York Islanders, uh, LA Kings and was drafted by the Boston Bruins. So uh, at a very young age, I, I had the opportunity to just uh, get on my skates on an NHL or AHL rink uh, all by myself with my dad, and that was pretty uh, that was pretty fun. And I think uh, that's all that's how it all started. And from there, uh, I was able to just uh, start playing the game of hockey at a at an older age, and then uh, go on from there. Played uh, 
elite hockey my, my entire life uh, until I was 16 years old. Um, and then I, I just decided that it was time for me to, to shift the coaching. And uh, I, I really like I really like the coaching aspect. So uh, um, at 16, after my uh, my juvenile D1 season, uh, I thought that uh, I wasn't going to make it as a as a hockey player. Um, so I said, why not just start as a coach right now and uh, maybe make a career uh, out of hockey? I knew that hockey has been a passion for me uh, since I'm young. And just uh, seeing my dad grow and being around the game of hockey uh, in the locker room with uh, some great guys and stuff and uh, being able to see that, I said that I've, I wanted to, to be in the game of hockey, whether it's in hockey operation or as a coach. And turns out uh, it was as a coach. So um, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty excited with, with what's coming up. But uh, uh, like I said, it, it started at a very young age and I'm, I'm re- I was really excited with all of that. Yeah, it sounds like you had a very positive experience early on and definitely having that family connection to the game always ties people in. And whether it's just someone who's a fan of a game or an ex-player like your dad, it's uh, it definitely brings you in that direction. And, um, you know, for you, you're able to focus early on that maybe instead of being a player, there's another opportunity, whether it's hockey operations or coaching, uh, which is kind of the route you've taken. But uh, one of those early steps that a lot of people take when they have that realization is moving into school and looking for a way to get an education to back up their passion for the game. And for you, you took sport marketing and management in school. Talk about the programs you attended and kind of the thought process there and how they ultimately prepared you maybe for that next step in the game. Yeah, so um, I was I knew that the sports marketing uh, aspect in school was something I, I wanted to take. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have a, a program right by my house, about 15 minutes away uh, at Champlain College in uh, St. Lambert. Um, so applied there, got into the program. And um, to this day, it's my greatest uh, academic experience I've had. Uh, I've met uh, numerous uh, great teachers, great uh, people, friends that I still have today. Um, the program is is so hands-on. I, I had an amazing time there uh, for my three years that I was there. Uh, being able to just um, go in class and have some some teacher share, some past experience. Uh, we have one teacher in particular, Paul Mershag, that I had. Um, he he was once um, in the in the SPHL running the league. Um, had a master's degree in uh, in Arizona State University, where he also teaches today. Uh, the sports management program over there. So uh, being able to have teachers that have so many uh, contacts and great knowledge about sports management and marketing um, was for me uh, a great opportunity. Uh, But also being able to, uh, in our third year when I was there, um, we had so many uh, class visits. So we visited the the Montreal Impact. We visited the Montreal Alouette, uh, the Montreal Canadiens, spoke with um, different sports, various leagues, uh, different roles that people had, whether it was uh, in sales or in marketing or uh, in operations or a field event. Uh, so for me, it was, uh, it was a great experience to see uh, what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do as well. Uh, sometimes you think, oh, it's sports, oh, it's fun, it's fun. Uh, but sometimes you see the the other side of a job and you say okay yes it is sports but it's not necessarily the job that I want to do uh, so that experience allowed me um, 
to see what I wanted and not want to do. Uh, and it, it was just um, for me a very clear that I wanted to continue in the coaching path and that's what I wanted to do as a career. Yeah, that realization definitely happens early on in the process. And I can remember almost in a similar situation um, at the time I was with the Niagara Ice Dogs doing game day operations and kind of seeing the ins and outs of the business side. And I believe it was five games in of doing kind of the business grind that I found myself sitting in the stands during the gameplay and writing notes on uh, Victor Mete, Ryan Mantha and all these guys who would go on to the next level. But, um, you know, once you kind of realize that, okay, you can move forward with your degree, but you also need the experience. You definitely look to supplement it with coaching experiences and, the early one for you is the U13 AA position and um, maybe just give people a little bit of an overview of uh, that role and what you learned in that primary experience. Yeah, so uh, I got that position. Uh, it's uh, the, the AAA Riverain. It's, uh, it was a tournament that was uh, happening in, uh, in May with uh, the best U13 players in the province of Quebec. So every region, every midget AAA team uh, had a, a U13 team uh, with the best players of the region. Uh, and the tournament was at the Bell Complex where the Montreal Canadiens practiced. Uh, and at the time, you know, the players were uh, fairly young, 11, 12 years old. But being able to be with the top players, the top prospects of their age group was something uh, very interesting. And still today, it's, it's pretty fun to see those players uh, now in the QMJHL or graduating uh, to pro hockey and uh, there's one of the goalies I was coaching at that uh, tournament, uh, Kevin Brassard, who's now playing for the Rwanda Honda Huskies. Uh, so it, it was great to see um, his evolution as a player. And for me, uh, it meant everything going there to that tournament. And we, we had an okay hockey team, but uh, we managed to win bronze and beat some great hockey programs. Uh, and for me, it, it was just a great experience and being able to meet uh, different coaches and different people uh, throughout the week uh, just brought me to to look into that and just want to continue and improve and uh, continue being the best coach that I could. Yeah, and, you know, quickly after that, you would take that next step and continue coaching and make the move to Midget AAA and this time adding the video coaching aspect to your role. Just talk about that move and working with a new team and maybe the learning curve associated with learning Steva, which is something that a lot of people have to deal with early on. Yeah, that was, uh, that was quite interesting. Uh, uh, but once again, uh, I, was, uh, I was fortunate uh, with that opportunity. We had uh, Guillaume Latendresse, uh, the ex-Montreal Canadian, uh, who was the head coach and uh, approached me to be, uh, to be with their coaching staff. And for me, just being able to be around a guy like that, uh, that played so many hockey games, but also uh, lived... Uh, with hockey and different experiences and just being able to be uh, with that type of guy day in, day out was for me uh, great, even without the season starting. Uh, when the season started, it was it was great. Um, for me being there, it, it was a learning experience for sure. Uh, it was my first real uh, hockey coaching experience where it was an elite level. Uh, uh, we're there to win, we're there to develop, but we, we want, we need our objectives to be attainable. Uh, and uh, we had a, we had an amazing team that year. So going there was, was pretty fun. Uh, but also the video part was, was new for me and learning it. Uh, it, it was fun. It took, 
for sure it took a few weeks, a few uh, months to get into it. Uh, Steva is a, a decent program. I, I love to use it back then. Uh, it, it did everything I, I needed it to do uh, for a hockey program. Um, but, you know, it's just being able to know uh, what you're coding during a game, uh, what the coaches want you to, to code during a game, what are the most important things for your, for your hockey team. Uh, but once you get the feel of it, once you uh, know how to really do it, I think it's, it's fairly easy. Uh, for sure, you need to know the game of hockey because, uh, you know, when the game starts, it's, it's pretty fast and everything that's going on in the game, you have the record uh, in the computer. So, uh, but once you know the game of hockey and once you know uh, what your coaches want and uh, you know how to use the program, it, it's fairly easy. Um, but like I said, it, for me, it was a great opportunity and I'm still uh, very thankful for that opportunity from Guillaume. And uh, if I'm where I am today, uh, it's in fact uh, because of him who gave me my first opportunity at the elite level. Yeah, those early experiences definitely help shape, uh, you know, your future aspirations. And anytime you can, again, get involved with an ex-professional player and um, be given a responsibility that a video coach is and, and just have these new aspects integrated into the process. I think it's a positive experience and one that uh, I'm sure you'd suggest to others to definitely look into if that opportunity presents itself. Quickly after, again, moving up, you would then transition to junior hockey in the QJHL as an assistant coach and a video coach. Um, maybe how did this position look a little bit different and just talk about the experience you had there? Yeah. Um, you, uh, sometimes you, uh, sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. Uh, that was a, that was definitely a learning curve for me. Um, going on with uh, a new expansion team in the, in the Quebec junior hockey league. Um, we had a very, 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 uh, bad team, uh, just to say it out. Um, we, we had a, we had a great group of players, but we weren't that, that great hockey team and expansion and, and stuff like that. So, uh, we went to games and you knew that you were going to get, uh, beaten, uh, fairly easily. So that, that was a little uh, sad on that side, but for me being able to coach, um, 17 to 20 year old players uh, while I was myself 17 and 18 years old um, at that time um, was a learning experience. I knew um, I, I learned throughout that year um, different stuff, uh, how to interact with older players. And it, it's fairly different because you want them to, to hear you and to respect you. And Everything went pretty well, honestly. It's just being able to talk to them, respect them. Uh, don't act like you know everything. Just being able to, to talk with them and see uh, if there's a given situation uh, that you want to talk about. It, it's always better. I think when young coaches go into a, a trap is when they try to be a little too bossy with the players and, and then they, they lose the respect of the players. So uh, that's some, certainly something I learned. And uh, once again, I was working with Eric Doucet, who was a, an ex-hockey uh, player. He played pro uh, in Rouen in France. Uh, he was a great uh, mentor for me during that season. Uh, we were always together getting to the ring uh, fairly early. We would do video together, work on the power play together. Um, and he was a great guy to be around. And still today, uh, he was one of the first guys who uh, texted me and 
and call me to congratulate me on having the job in Valdor. So I'm uh, very uh, thankful for that opportunity, even though it wasn't the greatest of the opportunity. I for sure learned a lot during that time. Yeah, from a hockey operations perspective or coaching perspective, a lot of times you can have a great experience, even if, you know, the on ice product isn't uh, where you want it to be. And, uh, you know, sometimes expansion teams, especially it can be a, a rough process. And unfortunately, not everyone can be as successful as, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights or a team like that. But, um, you know, again, it's, it's still an opportunity for you to try something new and, and you know, meet people who would play an impact on your career. And a lot of times we'll hear people talk about uh, meeting a lot of people through international events or even provincial teams like Team Quebec. Uh, you were able to join on with them at the U16 level. Uh, U15 and even help out with Canada games and national championships. Just talk about the experience with Team Quebec overall and some of the things that you're able to do with that organization. Yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm I'm very proud of. And uh, being uh, from Ontario, it's uh, it's funny uh, to be uh, coaching Team Quebec. Uh, I was born in Toronto when my dad played there, uh, but I've always lived in, in Quebec. So uh, representing my uh, uh, Quebec province uh, was great and at uh, at 16 years old after my uh, midget AAA year um, there was uh, some applications forms to uh, for the provincial teams and I I thought I said to myself that there was no chance I was gonna uh, get selected I, I had one year of elite coaching uh, under the belt and I was like no way I was gonna get chosen so I said why not? I'll just send it. It's, it's experience. If I get a, an interview, it's, it's an interview and whatever. So uh, I just decided to send my application. And uh, a few weeks later, the general manager, Paul Menard, uh, gave me a call to uh, let me know that, that I was selected uh, to be part of Team Quebec. Uh, and for me, it was, uh, it was like winning the Stanley Cup. I was, uh, I was at that time 16, 17 years old and being able to, to start uh, with the provincial team was uh, something amazing. And uh, going from there, uh, coach the U15, U16 team uh, with some great coaches. Uh, Pat Bosch, who was on the pod a few weeks ago, uh, had the chance to coach with Pat uh, at the U16, uh, U15 level. Uh, and then at the U16 had uh, various coaches. But uh, for sure, the most memorable experience for me was going to the QMJ Chug Gatorade Challenge. Um, we had two teams. We have the blue team and the and the white team. Uh, team blue was coached by Dan Jacob, who's the assistant coach in Laval today. Um, for me, Dan was so. Uh, uh, it was one of my first experiences in going there. I was for sure I was stressed. I didn't know what to expect to going with uh, big name coaches, and uh, Dan was was great to me. He was so welcoming, and and he helped me just. Uh, gets to that week and uh, I'm forever grateful to have had the chance to coach with a guy like that and seeing him his success now in the American uh, Hockey League and uh, it's it, for me I, I knew that he had the, the chance to go to the higher level he was in Blainville uh, at the time before coaching in McGill um, and just how he is how he interacts with players and how he interacts with the staff I knew that he was ha gonna have a great career as a coach um, and on the other team, there was Dan, Dan Renault, who uh, I'm coaching with now in Val d'Or. So um, it, it all started from there. Uh, we won the QMJ Child Gatorade Challenge uh, in 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and 
you know, when you say contacts, uh, we'll get through it a, a little later. But, uh, you know, I met Dan there. We won the, the tournament together and we had some, some great players. And uh, today to be able to, to work with him full time in Val d'Or is uh, something that I, uh, I'm really fortunate about. And, uh, and I think it's like, like you said, it's all about contacts. Uh, the world of hockey is, yes, you have to do a good job. Yes, you have to know uh, your things, but being able to surround yourself with amazing coaches and uh, get the best out of the best coaches and get the best out of some coaches that you don't necessarily have the same uh, connection with. But uh, that experience at the Gatorade Challenge was for sure uh, one of my greatest experiences. And after that, it led to other experiences. I uh, went to the Canada Games uh, with the women's team last year, uh, two years ago, I don't know, 2019. Uh, it's been a few years back. Um, that was a great experience. It's like the mini Olympic Games uh, and uh, going to the the gold medal game, playing against Alberta in a full pack, full house uh, arena. And uh, it was just a little sad that we, we lost in the final game 2-1 to Alberta. Uh, but it was just an amazing experience. And uh, uh, two years ago, going to the UAT National Championship and uh, winning bronze there where we beat Ontario uh, for the bronze medal game with Ontario being uh, – the top team there to beat they had two teams one of the teams uh won gold medal and uh we beat the other team in the bronze medal game so for us uh it was a great accomplishment being able to uh to beat ontario but the thing i i cherish the most about uh the opportunities with team quebec is all the contacts i've made there uh, all the people i've had the chance to work with uh being able to pick the brain of uh, amazing hockey coaches there um, is amazing and I, I'll always be thankful to Paul Menard the GM of Hockey Quebec for giving me uh, that first opportunity and I'm looking forward to many more opportunities working with uh, Team Quebec. Yeah it sounds like you had a great time with the organization and it kind of just goes to show that again you never really know what's going to happen with a submitting a simple application you know you kind of think that there's no chance and you submit your name and next thing you know you got four or five different experiences with some of the best coaches at the provincial level um to kind of build off and and who knows maybe that connection led to your position today working with them but um you know these experiences come up all over the place and sometimes you don't really expect the roles to be available and one of the ones that kind of catches me off guard, and I've seen it before with another video coach, uh, Ian Beckenstein, that we talked with earlier in the process, is the role of referee video coordinator. Uh, you did it with Hockey Quebec. Just talk about what that role entailed and um, kind of what you learned from that experience. Yeah, so uh, that, that was a, an interesting gig that I got there. Um, so sitting on the press box uh, as a video coach, uh, for a few years, uh, the referee supervisors would usually sit close to me. Uh, and uh, I would just talk to them a lot um, whenever they wanted to see a video replay or anything. They didn't have access to anything. So they would just try to, to be friendly with me. And, uh, hey, Alex, can I see that tripping call? I'm not sure about that offside. So, uh, and then um, just being able to know all of them and, um, some of them are, are friends today and I would just send them, send them clips about a, a goal or an offside or a penalty that was or wasn't called. And then they would send them off to the referees. So that helped build and uh, get better referees 
uh, in the game of hockey. So uh, Mark Maisonneuve, who was the uh, the coordinator and still is of Hockey Quebec's refereeing uh, uh, section, uh, just gave me a call. Uh, he knew that uh, I was very very close with uh, Doug Hayward, um, who works for Hockey Quebec as well. Uh, and then Doug talk about talked about me and uh, how I was I was helpful to him. And Mark just co contacted me and asked me if I was willing to do a, a few tournaments with them and just be their the referee video coach and just be there and be able to to show all the offsides and all the icings and all the penalties and review them afterwards with the referees and the supervisors to see what was uh, was done well and what was to uh, get better for the referees. And honestly, it was a great experience being able to see that other side. Uh, usually, you know, as coaches, we're on the bench and, oh, my God, they're nasty. They, they, they suck. They, they're so bad and stuff like that. But being able to see the other side of the game and the game of hockey is so fast in today's game. And being able to see that offside or that icing is not necessarily an easy thing. And being able to see it from their perspective. Uh, just uh, today, I have so much respect for them. Um, and I will always have. Yes, sometimes they have a, a, a tougher game, but coaches, we do have tougher games sometimes, and players do have tougher games sometimes. But in their position, for sure, it shows a little bit more because they're the one taking uh, the hardest decisions on the ice. But uh, for sure, it was a great experience. I, I had so many contacts with that experience, but also uh, got me to learn uh, uh, different stuff uh, on their side of, of things. Yeah, it's always interesting to hear about that position. And like I said, Ian kind of did it with the double IHF and was able to do what you said in, in the way in uh, you can see kind of how referees have to evaluate the game and how fast it is for them. And, uh, you know, now knowing that kind of taking it easier on the referees, I'm sure they're they're going to be excited one day if you move into a head coach role and they can kind of get a break when they're playing with you. But, uh, you know, you, you kept continuing with some of these different experiences and before kind of moving into a, a university position, you're able to work uh, both with Team U Sports and also with the national women's team as a video coach and in some different roles. Uh, walk us through those positions, how you kind of got there and, and moving out of Quebec now in those positions and um, just your overall experiences in, in both of those roles. Yeah, so uh, when I was at the Canada Games in uh, in 2019 in Red Deer, um, Tim St. Pierre was on, on, her, on her staff and uh, Kim is is somebody that I respect a lot. Yes, for what she's done as as a goalie and uh, for the women's game, but also um, she's a great person to be around. And um, Kim just presented me to uh, Gina Kingsbury, who's the director of hockey operations or the general manager for the women's national team. Um, and Gina said that they were having some opportunities uh, with uh, Hockey Canada, and um, I was just and she asked me if it was something that I'd be interested in and just uh, to send my, uh, my resume to James Emery, who was the uh, director of analytics and video uh, for Hockey Canada. So I had a few chats with, uh, with James and um, finally landed a job. First started with uh, Team U Sports, uh, which was great because uh, back then I was uh, in, uh, in the university level and uh, like I said, it, it's the same thing uh, I had with Team Quebec. I had the chance to, to coach with great, great people with uh, Marc-Andre Cote, who was uh, the head coach and still is at the uh, University of Moncton. 
Um, and being able to be around uh, various uh, high-level coaches was, for me, a great experience. And from that experience, they were uh, looking uh, to have one video coach go uh, at the Women's Fall Festival, uh, which, which was with the, the national team, the women's national team. Um, and uh, James uh, selected me to go uh, with the team. So uh, that, was, uh, that was a fun experience, being able to be around Perry Pern uh, for a week or so and learn from him and all the experiences and all the stories he had about when he was in the National Hockey League and able to pick his brain. And Perry was just a great person, a great mentor when I was there. Uh, and I'm very thankful for James and, and uh, Perry to give me that opportunity uh, to be with Team Canada. And, um, you know, it, it was a great opportunity for me. I learned a lot. Uh, you know, the, the women's game is different. Um, now I'm trying to get to that level uh, on the men's side. Yeah, and you, you work your way there, but I think it's uh, just an awesome experience to be able to work with the national women's team. You know, one of the best programs there is in the women's game and uh, get to experience that. And then also working with Team U Sports. And um, a big part of that is just building even the connections with Hockey Canada and, and working your way through the system. And you know, working with team sports, you kind of got used to that university level. And you also had a position there with Concordia as a goalie coach, which is a passion of yours, assistant coach and video coach role with both the men's and the women's teams. Um, you know, what, what's it kind of like working with both teams at the same time and maybe just break down a week in those roles and some of the things that you had to deal with on a daily basis? Yeah, so um, coaching university to hockey was uh, for me one of my um, – one of my goals in life, I've uh, I've looked up to that league that's uh, a little unknown to a lot of people and being able to get there and coach with Marc-Andre Lema, uh, who's today a great friend of mine. I, I respect this, uh, this guy so much. Uh, we talk on a daily basis, even though I'm not at Concordia anymore. Uh, and being able to be on that team and having such uh, great hockey teams for uh, the two years I was there on the men's side, um, we had an amazing coaching staff. The, when I started there, uh, Jim Corsi, uh, who's uh, the goalie development coach in Columbus now, uh, he was a mentor for our program. So he would come in uh, a few times a year and just talk to us about a few things and come on the ice. And being able to learn from him was great. Um, that's on the men's side. And on the women's side, they, they have two great uh, persons, who uh, two great people that's there to run the program. Uh, Carolyn Wallet and uh, Julie Chu. Uh, they're two amazing role models for the game of hockey on the women's side. Uh, being able to work with them on a daily basis was great. Um, for sure, it was a lot of work to be able to work uh, both with the women's and the men's teams, but uh, practices would coincide. Uh, women's would practice in the morning, uh, then the men's would practice at noon. So I would do both practices. Um, I would be a little bit more full-time with the men's team. So I would do a practices and games uh, full-time with the men's team uh, and do uh, practices um, with the women's team and games when I could, uh, if we weren't on the road with the men's team. Um, and just being able to come in every week, um, usually Mondays would be off. Um, sometimes we would practice Tuesday, Thursday, uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday if we didn't play. So just hopping on the ice with the women's team around 8, 8.39, uh, going until 
at 11 o'clock and then going on the ice with the goalies of the men's team at uh, 11.30 till 12. And then we would practice from 12 to 12.45 uh, with the men's team. We would like to go short practices and tents. Uh, the guys have school. They have a lot of courses to take. So we wanted them to be able to go on the ice at 45 minutes and tents. But after that, being able to go to school and uh, having success in their studies as, as well. So we would do that from uh, Tuesday to Friday. And then uh, if we went on the road, we would leave on Thursday, uh, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, going on the road. Um, honestly, Concordia University for me was a great experience. And uh, we were treating like, like pro. Um, Marc-Andre wants his program to be the best program in Canada. Uh, yes, there are uh, other great programs, UNB and St. FX and McGill, but uh, being able to see a program that was going downhill a few years back at Concordia and seeing Marc-Andre take that program and uh, bring that program back to what it was a few years back, and I think the program's just going upwards and lose, going to the bronze medal game a few years back and last year losing in the bronze medal game against Western at Western was a heartbreak, but um, some great hockey players are coming in uh, last year, no year, uh, this year, but next year also some great uh, players coming in. So I think that program's just uh, going upwards and same thing with the, the women's team. Uh, going last year almost undefeated and uh, going the playoff, heartbreak in the playoffs, loss against Montreal, but uh, some great uh, hockey players are coming into the women's program. Uh, this year so I think it's uh, it's going to be fun for the next few years for the program and uh, for me it was a great experience and I would recommend uh, to any hockey player looking to go into university hockey to, to look at that program it's, uh, it's an unreal hockey program. Yeah I, I really believe that university is a level that gets overlooked uh, in terms of players but also for coaches and, and people looking to grow in the game it, it really does offer an opportunity to uh, you know, get that pro feel in, in the way that a lot of coaches will run their programs, but also deal with the things that you said, like on a daily basis, you know, these kids and, and are students at the same time. So they have to deal with university courses and are still expected to travel. So there's a lot of things that you can uh, learn to navigate that level and, and move on to a new position. You can carry that with you. For you, the next position would come with Valdor. And uh, you talked about some earlier connections there, but maybe break down the process of joining that team in the QMJHL and how the season has gone thus far. Yeah. So that was a little, um, it, it happened out of nowhere. Um, this uh, last year, we were just planning to have a, an amazing hockey team at Concordia. And I had really no, no plan at all of moving out of Concordia. Uh, I was at home there. I had everything I wanted it was with a great coaching staff and great players, great goalies as well. Um, but during the summer, uh, one of uh, my friends and mentor, uh, Olivier Michaud, called me. Uh, I was on a, a terrace with uh, my cousin on a Sunday night, and he just uh, let me know that I, I might be getting a, a call from a major junior team uh, in the next few days. So um, that was pretty uh, unexpected, and but it was really exciting at the same time. So uh, a few days later, I got a call from... Uh, a major junior hockey team that that was not Valdor and uh, they were looking to fill a goalie and video coach position um, in the league so uh, I was pretty pretty hyped at that time so uh, uh, 
it was my first real um, interview uh, with a hockey team. You know, at Concordia, I knew Mark and we went to a restaurant, sat down, talked about hockey and um, finally had the job there. So it was a little informal, but uh, going in the QMJHL and having that formal uh, experience uh, for me, uh, I was like a little bit overprepared, uh, but I think that's how you have to see it. Um, being able to talk with uh, many of my uh, my friends and contacts in the world of hockey to see how an interview goes and stuff like that. So I had a few interviews with the with the given team, um, and um, finally uh, the last interview was on a Monday in August. Um, they uh, we had an interview at nine nine thirty. Hung up the phone, and at nine thirty two, uh, Dan Renault was calling from Valdor. Um, asking me if I wanted to have lunch with him. So uh, at two o'clock, I was sitting in uh, in Vaudreuil with Dan, uh, talking about a position that he was uh, wanting to offer me. Um, that was the assistant coach and video coaching position uh, with the Valdor Forwards. Um, for sure, for me, it was something that came out of left field, and I was not expecting at all. And the assistant coaching position, I was like, well, I did it. But for me, the goalie part is what I want to do. The goalie part is what I know. Uh, my backgrounds are my, my backgrounds in goalie coaching. Uh, so the assistant coaching thing was a little surprising to me. So uh, go there with the meeting um, and just offered me the position with Valdor, but um, by respect, for the other team and uh, it was a goalie position so a goalie coaching position so I was uh, thrilled to see if I, I had gotten the job and so waited there and on the Monday on the Wednesday uh, got the call from the other team uh, to let me know that that they they I was the candidate they had chosen uh, to be the goalie and video coach of that team so for me it was like oh my god what am I going to do um, so Dan would call me uh, pretty every day to see what was going on with me and my decision and where I was at. Um, but this, the big thing that went into the um, thinking about where I wanted to go, um, I had success with Dan at the QMJHL Challenge. Uh, we won there. I had an amazing time with Dan. Um, Dan's a great guy. Uh, he's so humble. Um, he has a bachelor in psychology. He has a master in psychology. Um, and he's such a human, uh, a great human being. Um, anytime you have a problem, whether it's on the ice, off the ice, personally, he's always there for you. And uh, when you go to the QMJHL, it's, uh, they're huge weeks. You work uh, so long. You, you get in the office at seven. Sometimes you leave. At late at night. So for me, it was just about choosing the best opportunity to be uh, where I was going to be uh, well-treated and where I was going to have fun. If you work 70, 60, 70 hours a week and you're not having fun, then I think that's a problem. Um, and being with Dan and learning a little bit more about the assistant coaching position and be, being behind an, a QMJHL bench with amazing hockey players, uh, for me, was something that I wanted to get under the belt. And it's for me uh, continuing on the learning curve. And it was experience that 
I, I wanted to have. And for me, it's a great decision. The goalie coaching part uh, will always be there. Um, I think that I have the, the knowledge to be a goalie coach at the QMJHL level. Uh, but being able to come to Valdor with somebody I knew, uh, with a great program, a great organization, and uh, this year the team was had a great team, and I think uh, we've proved it so far. Um, we're we're far from uh, from being done, uh, but being able to be with that team for me was uh, uh, why I chose to to come to Valdor, and uh, the opportunity is going to come back, I'm sure. Uh, just continue working hard and stuff and the goalie coaching position will uh, will come in the next few years I, I'm sure about that and uh, I'm just continuing to learn as a goalie coach but also as an assistant and video coach so I've just learned so much in the past year and being able to, to get get that knowledge um, is unbelievable so I have uh, different uh, cards in my game now that I I've learned a lot about the assistant coaching position. Yeah, definitely another thing that you can add to your resume. And uh, it's a very interesting way that you found yourself in Valdor. And um, I, I like how you talked about having two positions kind of come at you at the same time and both of them kind of out of left field. And I find that's, um, you know, sometimes the way it happens in the game of hockey. And ironically, Patrice Bosch, who you talked about earlier, he said the same thing that, you know, you can go a year and not hear from anybody. And then you get a week in the summer and you get three teams trying to offer you a position. And um, a lot of tough decisions have to be made, but you ultimately decide to go to Valdor and go with someone you knew. And, you know, Valdor is one of the programs that a lot of people maybe, you know, to their own fault, don't really have a whole lot of information and just, you know, like certain teams in the CHL, it kind of just works that way. Uh, you know, for people on the podcast and who are listening, who maybe don't know as much about Valdor, just talk about the organization and what you've seen once you got there and maybe the support of the fan base, albeit in a, in a tough season in terms of COVID? You know, it's, it's different, uh, for sure. If you look at the Edmonton Oil Kings, if you look at the London Knights, and if you look at the Quebec Ramparts, uh, it's not the same type of organization. We're not in a, in a huge market. We're not in a huge city. Um, we're a small, smaller market team, uh, a smaller town, and people know it. And I think the fan base is, uh, is great. There is um, there are some posters of of the Valdor Fours everywhere in the street. Uh, when you go through Main Street in Valdor, uh, all the shops, Fiar uh, des Farrar and stuff like that. And people know what the Farrar is. Uh, sometimes you go in big cities and you tell them, oh, what? Okay, I'm coaching that team. Okay, and what's that team? So they don't really know what's going on. They don't really know the the team unless they're they're hockey fans when you come to Valdor even if you're not a hockey fan you know what the Farrar are so for me coming in a small market team um, but where the fan base is huge the last few years uh, have been a little harder for the team uh, they went through a, a few coaches and lost a lot of games uh, but being able to have that great team this year and even though we're not allowed fans in the stands I we feel all the support from the fans, um, all the people in Valdor, uh, we're, we're quarantining, but if we're walking outside and we see somebody, they, they just all oh, go for our goal. We hope you're going to win. So for us, it's, uh, it's great to have that support. And honestly, the, the organization is great. We have a great building here. Um, we have a great 
uh, everything is great, I think, about the program. And even this year, um, in a in a year, we're we're looking to uh, to go a little further than the previous years. It's fun. It's fun to be here. Um, the city is different for sure. If you're looking for for downtown Toronto, you won't find it here. But um, there's certainly some uh, some good points. Some less good points, but that's in every city. Uh, you would be in downtown Toronto and uh, you would complain about traffic and stuff. Uh, here in Val d'Or, no traffic at all. I've been here for a few months. Uh, I don't think I've been to somewhere that took me more than four to five minutes. Uh, so uh, everything's pretty close. The city's good. Um, we're close to Montreal. We're, we're just five hours away. So for me, it, it's not too bad. Five hours away from home is... Uh, is nothing. So uh, I'm pretty excited to be here and looking forward to the what's coming up with our, our hockey program. Yeah, and for those who haven't been keeping track, I definitely advise you to watch into some Valdor games. You know, they have a pretty good team going there this year. And, um, you know, working in Valdor, you're working kind of a dual role there. And, uh, you know, video coaches in junior hockey is not often strictly video coaches. And, and same thing with goaltending coaches. There's always different aspects tied into it. Um, just talk about your process of learning these different skills as you moved into the game and uh, maybe just how you've utilized that skill set now with Valdor. Yeah, so it, like I said a little bit earlier, just video coaching is uh, learning how uh, to evaluate the game from a certain point of view and uh, being able to know what coaches want. So um, from a team to the other, uh, last year in Concordia with Marc-Andre, uh, there was some stuff that he wanted and we focus on a lot. And this year with Dan, there's some other stuff that we focus a little bit more on uh, in terms of video and what we want to uh, get out of, of it. So um, for sure, it's it's different. And being able to see all those coaches and what they want and what they look at, uh, for me, it's great because I'm able to see what um, different coaches want and what different coaches uh, focus on. So that for me uh, is great. Uh, also being... Um, so as an assistant and video coach in Valdor, uh, I do some of the games behind the bench, uh, some of the periods, uh, in, the, in the stands doing video. So I do a little bit of both, uh, being able to see the game in the stands and, uh, just analyze the uh, system wise, uh, how our team plays, how the other team plays, uh, seeing some players, uh, how they do from up top, uh, some turnovers or how they use their speed and stuff and being able to come behind the bench afterwards and seeing things in a different way um, the smaller uh, area the tighter space uh, the speed of the game being able to give direct feedback uh, seeing a certain system um, from behind the bench is uh, is great also it's a different perspective uh, and for me being able to combine both being in the stands and being behind the bench uh, just gives me a lot of tools and being able to interact with the players and uh, let them know what I see from up top and just bringing it behind the bench uh, for the players is great. And even for the staff, uh, when talking with Dan in between periods about uh, what I saw from the top, sometimes it's uh, it's a little different than what he sees behind the bench because the game is so fast. Uh, so we're able to do um, some uh, different, um, uh, we, we bring some different points that uh, in the stands and from behind the bench. So uh, for me, it, it's great. I love it. And, um, can't wait for the, the season to continue and see where we're going to go with, uh, with that. 
Yeah, it definitely keeps you uh, focused in different areas. And, and by changing it up, you're able to see things from different viewpoints, which, as you touched on, has been something you focus on doing throughout your career, whether it be video or goalie coaching, etc. Um, maybe now shifting to goalie coaching specifically, it's an area that uh, I know talking with scouts a lot of times, you'll have scouts have struggles in that area, and maybe head coaches will prefer to have a goalie coach to focus on it just because it is kind of a, a foreign aspect almost in a sense. So maybe just talk about your process for learning the goalie position and um, maybe just the process of doing that over the years. Yeah. So uh, my dad being a goalie uh, at the pro level for sure um, helped me learn a lot about it, seeing him uh, play uh, back in the day and uh, seeing how he used to play uh, in 1995 and 1997 and seeing the game of hockey um, today and how goalies uh, are today. I, I played the game of hockey as a goalie as well. So uh, I learned a lot there. And uh, one of my mentors, Olivier Michaud, I talked to him. Uh, I talked about him a little earlier. Uh, he was my goalie coach when I played. Um, I hated him. Uh, couldn't stand him. Uh, he would make me die every practice. Uh, I was a little out of shape back then uh, playing goalie. So uh, he would push me to my limits and uh, make me throw up almost every practice. But uh, it was fun. I learned a lot from him. Uh, he's a great coach. Uh, and being able today to uh, to coach with him again, um, from the day I stopped coaching uh, to the day uh, that I stopped playing, uh, my bad, and uh, I started coaching right away with him, with Oliver, uh, and just being able to learn from him. Uh, he he played a game in the NHL. Uh, he played in the American Hockey League. Seeing how he played and saw the game at a further level. So my dad played in 1992 to maybe 2002, and then Ollie played from uh, until maybe 2010. So being able that gap from 2002 and 2010, to see how the game evolve, uh, evolved at the goalie position with Ollie, uh, being able to see how uh, he saw the game and how he felt it, and now being able to work with him uh, is great. Uh, we work uh, we work the same way. Uh, we're similar coaches. Um, I pick his brain a lot. He picks mine, uh, and that I think it's it's how I, I started in the goalie uh, coaching part, um, and just continuing to be around him every day. Uh, he coaches in Drummondville. Uh, I'm in Val d'Or. So now it's a, it's a little competition to see uh, who beats who. Um, but they have a great team. Uh, his goalies are always um, playing to perfection. Um, he, and it's funny story. The goalie in uh, Drummondville was a former Val d'Or forward, Francesco Lapena. So he's there now. And all he's doing an amazing job with him. Um, he saves the team a lot. Uh, but it's I think it's... It comes to me playing the game, but also to Ollie. I would never be thankful enough to uh, uh, to everything he's done for me and uh, helping me grow as a goalie coach. Um, I think it's uh, in major part because of him. Yeah, all great points there. And it definitely comes down to having, uh, well, definitely firsthand experience will always help, but having people who um, understand it from a coaching perspective and, and can really guide you in that way and, teach you different things that maybe even as a player uh, in that position, you might not always think about. So great to hear that you had that positive uh, influence from him as well. 
you know, looking at video coaching again, it's one of those areas that a lot of people maybe have a little bit of trouble starting off. And, uh, you know, Steva tends to be a program that people will look into early on and, and some people find it's just too hard getting started and, and kind of looking in a different direction. Um, for you, maybe what's uh, one piece of advice that you would give in that area specifically on how people can get started or, or look to get over that initial learning curve? Uh, the, the big thing is today, uh, you look at, uh, I've spoken to a lot of people that want to get in the game, whether it's as a video coach, an assistant coach, a head coach, a goalie coach, whatever, whatever, a scout. Uh, but the thing is, they're 15, 16, 17 year old, and they want to be GM in the QMJHL. So that that's that's great. It's, it's fun. It's good to have uh, goals and objectives. But you won't go from being a secondary for high school students to being a GM uh, by clacking your fingers, right? So you go, you need to go down and get some steps in. Some go faster than others. Uh, some get there slowly but surely. But I think it's just by starting uh, somewhere. Uh, get involved with your minor hockey association. Uh, get involved with the. Uh, Maybe it's a junior A team or it's a midget triple A team, but just by doing stats, understanding the game, uh, helping as a goal judge, uh, helping as an equipment manager, just being a third or fourth guy there, just helping uh, fill up water bottles or um, helping out as a scout unpaid. Uh, the big thing is sometimes people want to get that full-time job uh, without having any experience. So, you'll get there for sure. Sometimes it's, it's tough. Sometimes it's long, but just get involved, get whatever you need, just get in. And once you're in, it's just about doing the job the right way, making contacts, and then you'll go up. Uh, if you want it too much by too much, I mean, um, if I'm a scout and I, I, I just want to be the head scout, want to be the head scout, some people are going to find that a little annoying and they're just going to let you off, but just do your job the right way. Do it. Um, how people ask you to do it, just get involved. Even if it's not a huge pay, even if it's not the optimal job you want to have, but you know it as much as I do. Uh, it's just about starting somewhere. I started when I was a uh, 15, 16 year old. And now I'm here in the QMJHL. Never I thought I'd get here, but it's just one step at a time. And, things are going to come for sure. Yeah, very much a gradual process. And it's, uh, it's definitely not always easy and a lot of cold nights and, and a lot of bad coffee, but uh, you kind of work through it and, and eventually you'll get there. Um, you know, people always ask that question to me and I'm sure you get it as well in just terms of where and getting started. And it's one of the things that a lot of people can learn through my hockey resource. They're a program on Twitter and Instagram and a program on Discord, which people can talk to other coaches, scouts, managers, people across the industry and ask questions and about their experiences and different programs. So for anybody looking to get involved, check out my hockey resource on Twitter and Instagram. Alex, one of the things they talk about on that platform is resources that you can look to learn things like video coaching, goalie coaching, all these different aspects for you. What are some of your favorite, maybe books, articles, softwares, programs that you've used in the past that you look to for reference and possibly new ideas? Yeah, so uh, I've read a, a few books, uh, you know, being in school sometimes on my free time, I prefer not to read a book. So uh, I watch a lot of hockey, but uh, two great books I've read, it's Mike Babcock's book about how he got started in the game of hockey at 
um, at a at an age and just got to the high level and won the Stanley Cup in the NHL. At first, you read his book and you're like, oh my god! And you know the story of this guy uh, that went to the Olympics, won the Olympics, won uh, the Stanley Cup, and you start reading his book and you're like, oh my god! He that he did a lot of of work and the road to get to where he's at today. So um, you learn a lot from his book, uh, how he interacts with players. Uh, for sure, it's been a, a big uh, thing lately of how he manages his players and stuff. But uh, still, just reading his book is great. Also, uh, one that I love is Legacy by James Kerr. Uh, just being able to see uh, how the Red Blacks, uh, the All Blacks, sorry, my bad, uh, built an amazing program and just seeing um, how to do little details as best as you can uh, helps build a, a winning program. Uh, that book for me is amazing. Uh, but just watching games, watching hockey games, uh, getting in rinks, uh, going to a hockey game, uh, even if it's not at your level, you coach midget AAA, go to that major junior game, uh, go to that junior A game, talk with people, just get there. I think I love to do that, and I think it's the best way to do so. Simply put yourself in a position to succeed and yeah, it, it's definitely, um, you know, you think that you always have to watch the NHL to to learn these things, but a lot of times you can watch a minor hockey game, you can talk with a minor hockey coach, you can read a book, um, you know, talking about the All Blacks there, that's a book that has come up maybe 50% of the time on the podcast. I don't know if it's uh, got a cult following in the game of hockey, but it seems like it's uh, very popular in that regard. But moving into the next question here, uh, mentors definitely play a big part in everyone's career, and I know you've talked about a number of them, and I'm sure there's been many more, but maybe just give us another rundown of some of the mentors who helped you to get to where you are today and what are some of the lessons that they taught you uh, collectively? Yeah, so um, there's two parts to that question. Uh, I'll start with the, the hockey part. Uh, I have some great mentors in the game of hockey and I have uh, great mentors that not necessarily are in the game of hockey. Um, to start with the game of hockey, I said uh, Olivier Michaud for me, uh, he's been there since I'm a young goalie. Um, still here today for me. I'll always be um, cherishable for everything he's done for me. Um, I look up to that person. Uh, we talk on a daily basis, and everything he says uh, for me is very, very important. Um, to pick his brain and see what he has to say. Um, sometimes you got to pick uh, stuff. Sometimes you have to make big decisions and. Uh, at the end of the day, when I made my decision of going to Valdor, uh, he was there for me uh, day in, day out. I, I'd call him at 11 o'clock uh, about something I wasn't sure uh, he would be there for me. For So uh, for me, he's, uh, he's a major piece uh, for me. Uh, also, uh, Mark Denis, who's the VP hockey in Shikutami, uh, started coaching with Mark uh, when I was very young and uh, just um, went up. And he's always been there for me, even though he's a, he's a retired NHL player, still working for RDS. Uh, he was always humble. I would have a, a small question, uh, just call him. We, we talk regularly uh, today and we just talk about anything. And he's always there for me. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. Uh, but also people I've coached with. Uh, I said Marc-Andre at Concordia for me. He was a guy I didn't know much. And being able to know about him um, was unbelievable. Uh, he's a great person, but 
more than the person he's at the rink. He's an unbelievable person on and off the ice, uh, being able to go uh, to his place. Uh, we, we traveled a bit together, uh, being able to learn the ins and out of that person uh, is pretty interesting. Um, I'm sure there's much more that I forget. Uh, there's people I coach with, Perry Pern. Uh, like I said, uh, Paul Menard giving me the first opportunity uh, to succeed, Dan Jacob, uh, that I said. Um, and on the other side of things is um, people that are not necessarily involved in hockey, but uh, my mother and father have always been there for me uh, since day one, just supporting my dream of coaching at, at the NHL level or the highest level that I could Uh, being there for me in the toughest moments, but always being there for me uh, in the best moments. Uh, I'm forever thankful for them. But also uh, my cousin, one of my cousins, uh, Carl Cousineau, uh, he's a great uh, role model for me. Uh, being able to talk with him, not only about hockey, sometimes you have to clear your mind about hockey. Uh, and having him since I'm very young and uh, seeing him evolve as an entrepreneur and Him seeing me evolve as a, as a hockey coach, uh, we can talk a lot about our ups and downs in, in each of uh, our businesses and jobs. And um, just having him there is, uh, is amazing. And uh, like I said, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. The family influence is definitely big in mentorship. And um, I like how you kind of divided it there in, in the family side and then also the hockey side. And it just kind of goes to show that both of them are very um, important in, in becoming successful. And that comes in hockey, but also business or any area that you're looking to succeed. Uh, as a final piece of advice here on the podcast and a final question for you, if you could go back in time to yourself, maybe at 16 or somebody else who's maybe in a similar position looking to move into coaching, What's one final piece of advice that you would give them in hopes that they would be successful in that area? I think it's, uh, it's just getting, getting to know a little bit uh, more people. When I was younger, I was a little bit more shy. Uh, I wasn't willing to, to go in, in as many rings. I would stay with my team. Um, I, I did that getting a little older. But being younger and being able to meet more people, talk to more people, pick people's brain a little bit more. I started doing it when I worked with Team Quebec and the provincial team. Uh, but being able to do it at a younger age and with a lot more people, I think I have a, a good group of contacts today. But doing it at an early age would have given me the chance to have uh, even more contacts and uh, know even more people uh, in the game of hockey continually network and, and continually build your craft. I think it's a, a great piece of advice that you gave there. And um, I advise others to definitely take that to heart and, and use it when they're moving forward. Alex, I just want to thank you again uh, for joining me today on the podcast. I know it was kind of a quick turnaround between my point of contact and our interview, but I thoroughly enjoy it and I wish you all the best here moving forward. Thank you so much, uh, Ryan, for having me and looking forward to talking to you soon. For sure. All the best. I'd like to take a minute to thank Alex for coming on the podcast and sharing his experiences to date. With a number of different roles over the past few years, he supplied information on a number of hockey operations topics, so for that I'd like to thank him once again. If you would like to get in touch with Alex to learn about his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly, or you can contact Hockey Minds Podcast at Outlook.com 
and I can help make that connection for you. Next on the podcast, I'll be joined by Bob Duraney, head coach at Worcester State and assistant coach with the Worcester Railers. Having coached in a number of elite programs in both the men's and women's game, Bob is a hockey coach through and through and has a great grasp on the dimensions within the game, so you will want to check out that release on Wednesday. Thanks again to everyone who continues to support the podcast, and thank you to those who are tuning in for the first time today. We have a lot of content coming out in the next few weeks, so follow us on all platforms to stay up to date. As always, stay safe, and all the best.